Welcome to Hookah Chats with Matt and Ethan, a podcast where two friends catch up and talk about whatever nerdy stuff comes to mind, usually over hookah. Enjoy. Happy belated, by the way. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry I didn't respond to your text when you sent it. Well, I, that's all right. <laughs> I was uh, all Eating over the cake. place. Eating cake. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I I was actually at a, I had a, a take home fi- like midterm for my yeah. one class. And um, I was just putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. Um, and then and then like Adre got sick. And and I was like, okay, well, it was just a cold, it wasn't a big deal. But like she was still like yeah. she's awful when she's sick. She's very, very needy. And so I, I sent an email. She's also my, four, so there's that. She's four. That that's that's part of it. And so I sent an email to my professor. I was like, Hey, Dr. Bouchard, I can't. Is there any chance I can get a couple of days extension on this? And he's retiring. And so he's he's like, oh, fuck, I don't give a shit, Ethan. Just turn turn it in, turn it in whenever. I don't give a fuck. And so I like I like put it off and off and off. And and finally it's like Saturday, you know, afternoon. And I'm like, I gotta, I gotta do this exam. And so I like bring up the exam and I look at it. I'm like, oh fuck, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> like I'm so stupid. And so I like bash my head on a on my desk for 12 hours getting this dumb exam done and i finished <laughs> it like last night at the you know the 11th hour yeah. and i was just like just and i just sent it to him i was like just take it i'm sorry for 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 this but, but just take it and he and dr richard's like oh brother i don't care you know i'm sure you're fine i'm sure it's no big deal <laughs> so my hope is that he's just gonna he's just gonna great he's just gonna give me an a and you won't even look at it and <laughs> that'll be that <laughs> Well, that would mean you did like 12 hours of work for nothing. Well, but it would mean that I did 12 hours of work and received an A. That's what that means. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's what that means. Yeah. The ultimate participation trophy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was adjusting the, the heater since we have fucking five inches of snow again. Oh, my God. That's terrible. Yeah. Buddy, I'll, I'll tell you. I mean, first of all, I haven't had a moment's peace in like two weeks with this play and with working and with my band and with working electrical stuff. Like, I literally right. get up, I go to work at the prison, I come home, I change my clothes, I let my dog out, I go do other work. And then I get done with that and I go to the theater and I'm there till 10 o'clock. And then, you know, I come home and I go to bed. And that's what my like last two weeks have been like seven days straight on, just crazy. Um, but last night we had a gig at Over the Mountain. You're familiar with where that is. It's for the listeners, it's a it's a rural bar. It's literally between two towns on the top of a mountain, hence the name over the mountain (laughs) it's like there's nothing around it but but trees um and the mountain that we the mountain that it's on is notoriously bad in the winter time for having extreme weather so last night when we were when we got there it was snowing like crazy and i was like damn it here we go again like we're gonna be like every time we have a show it seems like we have a terrible winter storm and then we're like 
afraid nobody's going to come out. You get like 80, 90 people at our shows. And usually there's more than that. But this this place, you've been in over the mountains. So you know how how small it is. It's not a very big place. There was 147 paying people that came in there last night, not to mention all the people that weren't, that didn't pay. Um, it was wall to wall. It was off the chain last night. Awesome. <laughs> I was like surprised out because I didn't expect to have much of a crowd with the weather being like that. Anyway, I mean, we're here winding down in March and we get a f- five inches of snow and up there it's even worse. So mm-hmm. I didn't think anybody would come out, but the, I mean, I, holy shit, it was packed and it was a good time. <laughs> and that room holds about maybe 50 comfortably right right <laughs> that's great man good job yeah well done it was fun well done it was my brother's birthday was yesterday so he they had a party for him and then he came up with some of his friends so we had to play we had to play misfits and ramones and things right. like that for him <laughs> so it was a good time good good that's awesome that's awesome I've got uh, one of my buddies from Philadelphia who does music and stuff in Philly. He called me kind of out of the blue oh, maybe four days ago now. He, he just sort of called. I was like, oh, hey, Josh, what's up? And he's like, hey, brother, I just realized that you live in like you live in Charlottesville. I was like, yeah, I've been living in Charlottesville for a couple of years. Well, like I'm going to be touring down like the East Coast here this summer. Is there any place I should play in Charlottesville? And so I like gave him like three ideas. I don't know if he's actually going to do it, but I was like, I was like, more people, Hellbent should do that. They should do a <laughs> an East Coast tour, you know, going down, yeah, hitting hitting random brew pubs in uh, Charlottesville and <laughs> Richmond. Well, yeah. I'm sure Chris would be down with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Richie would be down with that, but I don't know, like. I don't, I don't have five minutes at home as it is. So. Right, right. I understand. <laughs> I understand. No, that's good. That's good. I'm glad the gig went really, really well. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, they, they have their own in-house PA there, and it's ancient. So it was, it was kind of rough as far as like stage sound. Like the amplifier that they used to, to power the monitors was blown. And it only it's supposed to be a thousand watt amp and and not like half of it was not functioning. So we were basically running a bunch of thousand watt speakers on 500 watts. So they sounded like dog shit. And like there was cackling and some stuff on the monitors, but out front it sounded fine. So like we were having a hard time on stage hearing everything, but out front everything sounded really good. And people sure seemed to have a good time. So. That's, that's the important thing. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly. There right. is still room for cover bands in Pennsylvania. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Yes. <laughs> no, that's good. That's really good. Oh, brother, I um, I had uh, so listeners, part of my because I'm still doing the pastor gig, and possibly doing it for the rest of my life forever till kingdom come. <laughs> Possibly coming to West Side and Clearfield. Oh God! (laughs) To existence, we're gonna have an absolute riot. Um, But uh, I had to meet with, so I'm connected to the Methodist Church Conference in Pennsylvania still. So that's where I'm from. 
obviously. Yeah. And then I'm also, but but I'm currently working for the Virginia Conference. You know, that's where I'm pastoring. And so I had to meet with the District Committee of Ordained Ministry in both areas uh, over the last two weeks or so. And uh, and so I, I have this like meeting. I had this, so I had both meetings. I had this meeting with Virginia and I had a meeting with Susquehanna. And the Susquehanna meeting went, went something like this. Um. Every time I meet with the Susquehanna Annual Conference, Matt, I, I have to tell them the same thing over and over, <laughs> which is, yeah, I still have this amount of years left on the program. I'm currently living in Charlottesville. Um, and, uh, and, and sure, I'll come back. But I need you to understand that, like, I'm going to have a PhD and I, I have, you know, I need to be able to if I if I'm going to be offered an appointment, I that appointment needs to, um, you know, hey, give well. me an, not <laughs> well that, but it needs to give me an opportunity to like do the stuff that I've just went to school to do, right? Right. So that essentially that means like, um, you should think about appointments that maybe are in college towns, or I can maybe work right. part time, you know, as an adjunct or whatever. And every time I meet with Susquehanna, I have to have the same conversation, Matt. <laughs> or, or I'm like, and they're always surprised. They're always, they're all, it's always as if they've heard it for the first time. And I've, and I've been sent, and, and I meet with Jolene every fucking time. And it's, and it's the same thing. Like where Jolene's just like, oh yeah, I, I guess I, mm, wow, you know? And so it's, <laughs> and, and so this time, you know, she's like, well, is there anything else you need to say, Ethan? Like they checked in with me and talked for like 15 minutes. And I was like, yeah, um, I'm probably going to be done in about three years, you know, <laughs> and and so over the next two and a half years, I think it would make sense for the decom and the bishop to have a conversation about like what kind of appointment you guys will be offering me in two and a half years. Right. You know, you've so got like, some time to plan. You got some time to plan. <laughs> you, you might want to think about that. And and Jolene's like, I mean, Ethan, you know how it works. You'll, you know, you'll be appointed to you serve at the pleasure of the bishop. The bishop will appoint you, and and you know, you'll either accept that or or I suppose you could say no. And I'm like, well, I mean, I do know how it works. And this is what I had to say to her. I had to say this to the group. I was like, I do know how it works, but like. You know, it's a little different than it was in 2017 when you guys initially appointed me. Oh yeah, why is that? I'm like, <laughs> what's that? I was like, I was like, well, when 2017, I was I was brand new, right out of seminary, and was appointed at the lowest minimum salary. But like, when you go to appoint me in three years, I'll have seven years of experience and a doctorate. Which means, <laughs> according to the rules, and I like bring up the rules, which means like my mandatory minimum is $50,000. Yeah. So suddenly I'm not just going to be appointed anywhere. And it was <laughs> as if it was as if like they had heard it for the first time. Like they were like, oh, yeah, I guess that does limit something. I was like, yes, it does. Like, what do you think <laughs> I'm going to do? Just accept an appointment? Like, well, there's a three point charge in Westicator. You want to go there? And I'm like, no, I don't. And also, I don't think they can afford me. And so, like, I, 
what what are you talking about <laughs> and so they they were like well what kind of places do you have in mind i was like i don't i'm not gonna pick my appointment for you but like <laughs> you know lewisburg would be yeah. okay because bucknell's there like like i'm just like think college town think something you know like be creative figure something out and so, and then one of the older ladies is like, don't worry, Dave, we'll, we'll take good care of you. And I'm Dave. like, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I was like, all right, well, thanks for meeting with me. And then I left. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, how'd your Virginia one go? I mean, maybe they'll let you stay in Charlottesville. That went really well. The, the Virginia people are really like, they they have a, a maybe a stronger handle on you know what's going on i think than Susquehanna. i think you could probably say that about humanity in general outside of central pennsylvania <laughs> that might be true that might be true but they you know they're really nice like they just they like remember they asked me to work for them it wasn't like i begged them and so and so they keep that in mind like the virginia folks keep it in mind they're thankful which i appreciate and and they, you know, they ask questions like, like some of them know about the program. And so they ask questions about where I'm at in the program. And, and you know, I'm going to be ending up, I'm going to be working for James Madison here this fall as a part-time, you know, professor of religion. And so, and I told them that. For they essentially were really, no money. <laughs> yeah, for no money. It's purely, <laughs> purely for, to put on a resume, zero money. And they were like, well you know um when is your when are your comps over and my my examinations will be done at the end of next year and they're they're kind of like well let's see if um let's see if we can get you appointed somewhere in harrisonburg after your comps are done and i'm like great you know like to me that makes sense like we'll point you we'll point you somewhere where you're working where you're gonna be right yeah you know and and um and that'll be really good like maybe we and they were like maybe we can even talk about full-time if you're interested because you know once your comps are done the only thing you're doing is uh you're working on your dissertation and you're TAing. Yeah. like you could probably do you could probably you could probably work full-time for the church while doing those things without being too much like then that's just extra money for you and i'm like right yeah thanks that'd be great you know and there's really no such thing as a as a part-time pastor or appointment i mean other than on paper because like you're expected to be to the to your congregation you're expected to be there all the time every time anyway even if you're part-time so you might as well take the extra money that's my opinion <laughs> yeah no i agree with you i agree with you and so we'll see what happens let's see what happens and then maybe maybe the best that susquehanna will come up with is you want to go to west side and clearfield and then i can go to west side and clearfield and have uh, have my life uh uh, dramatically change. <laughs> well, come on, it wouldn't be all bad. I mean, it wouldn't be all bad. You at least at know some know some people, but right. you would have probably a, a lot of tortures in Pittsburgh for, pitchforks coming from Carlinsville. <laughs> I will just send them to Jolene. Yeah, I'll be like, if you have a problem, you can go talk to Jolene. Right, we'll have like a serious sharks and jets situation there if we. <laughs> wouldn't be so bad no i i i think there's uh i i often say to beth that i have a you know this this special place in my heart for that weird area that 
Heronsville <laughs> and Clearfield. I always will love them. You know, I love those, those, that's a weird town, but, uh, going to West side, I, I don't know. They would be quite a weird, uh, appointment. Lauren at Kerwinsville is always like, so when are you going to come back? And I'm like, they're not going to appoint me to Kerwinsville. Like, like they're not going <laughs> to yeah. appoint me. And they're like, why wouldn't they? What if we asked them? I'm like, you can try, but like, I think, I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> you just don't want to go back. <laughs> I, I love Kerwinsville. I do. Like, I love that church, but like, man, what a, it, it would only, it would only make them pick like butt hurt because it really would like they'd be happy to see me but then i'd show up and i'd be like all right i'm gonna need a 30 percent salary yeah you owe me a shitload of money <laughs> yeah like like and then that's just not gonna go well you know they'll be like yeah. mm, what are you talking about like mm, i got a doctorate now and i've been yeah i've been doing this for a few years you well know? you better be careful buddy because west side can probably afford that well that's what that's what concerns me that's why i'm <laughs> nervous that's why i'm nervous like what happens if I show up and they're like, "Oh, we got enough endowment money. Yeah, we'll, we'll name your price." I'll be like, "Guys, oh God, you don't want me to do this." Like, you, well, know? you can teach. You can teach at Penn State, or you could teach at like That's Rock true. Haven. That's true. There are there are options. That's the thing. Like like Clearfield. <laughs> like I know how Jolene thinks, right? And so yes. like like I could see that. I could see that happening. And then and then I'll have to then I'll have to have a long talk with Beth. We're, we're Beth. Beth will be like, oh God, no, not again. <laughs> the hills have this? eyes up there. I don't want to go back. We're doing this again. And I'm like, I don't know, honey. Like she she loves you guys too. She misses the crap out of you guys. But like yeah, at the but... same time, I I get it. Like I wrap my brain around it. Like mm. and and the other thing, the other thing that Westside wouldn't like is if if I'd show up. Well, you're a liberal. That, they, well, wouldn't that. they wouldn't like that. They wouldn't like that. But like I'd show up. And I'd be like, okay, you need to understand some things. I'm teaching a, a class or two at Penn State, so I'll drive to Penn State, and I'll come back here. But if I'm going to do this, we're going to do it, which yeah. means, like, we're going to talk about, you know, buying property downtown and, like, actually yeah. doing shit that I think we should be doing, you know. And and it's we're not just going to sit around. We're going to be the coolest fucking church in Clearfield, you know, after yeah. I'm done with you guys. And then they're gonna go. Now nah, we don't need them. We're okay. We're okay with somebody different. <laughs> Listen, we just want a men's group that meets at Ethan's Cafe. And I'm like, you right. can have it. You can have that men's group. I'm probably not gonna go to that. You know, I, I'm. I'm gonna do something different. But uh, and then there, you know, they'll have the the other reason why they won't do this, or or why doing this causes would would mean that they're not thinking this all the way through is there would be an exodus from other churches you'd have you'd have folks from Kerwinsville deciding to try out west side and you'd have yeah. you know all these different things and and it wouldn't it wouldn't be it, it would be a bad thing like yeah. I, I am too close like altoona that's doable like they could right. send me to altoona and i could do something there but right um tyrone maybe tyrone is is a possibility well but with like, the size of the size this in, in terms of like physical capacity at West side, you could probably shut down three or four other churches in the area and comfortably fit everyone in West side. So I think you're like, right. You're, you're talking about a serious, like uh, collapse of the, the, the infrastructure around here you, because everything would be consolidated into one building because that building can, could handle it. Right. So you'd be putting four or five other people out of a job. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, you know, I, I, 
um, Trinity, last time I checked, like TJ, who's the new pastor at Trinity, like last time I checked, Trinity was doing was doing decently. Yeah, Trinity's good. pretty big too. Yeah, Trinity's got a, a, a good sized building. But like it's ultimately Trinity and Westside and mm-hmm. Kerwinsville are, are ultimately the three like Methodist churches that really are sort of worth a damn in that area. Yeah. Um because uh, Center Grove, I mean Center Center Grove was falling apart a year and a half into me being at Kerwinsville. Right. Um so Center Grove, no good. I couldn't even name some of the other ones in Clearfield. Right. The, there are some other ones, but they're like on a they look like they look like houses. Yeah, it's the thing. There there's there's one there's there there at least was one over by Legends, yeah. um, whose name I can't think of. Um, but like all of those, you know, why keep them open? And ultimately the problem is is like if you're gonna have Trinity and Westside as sort of the two, why keep why keep one of them open? You know, close right. close one of them. Right. Uh and and sell that space or like or sell Westside space and, and go to Trinity. It just being right. a main street, you know, church. Like right. there's lots of different options. And they should and that, you know. they sell Trinity to the castle. We could put an actual theater here. Hey man, that'd be fucking <laughs> that cool. would be awesome. <laughs> I, I would I would be totally on board with that. Um <laughs> I'd be totally on board with that. Well, and, and then you're right. Like you, like you said, like I'm, I'm a little too liberal, you know, yeah. and a little too uh, uh, loose about things that I think that church has been trained to be a little tight ass on. Well, yeah. Well, so was Kerwinsville. That's true. That's so, true. And look how that turned out. You're you right. Know. You're right. You had a... <laughs> a different experience than some of your other colleagues uh, <laughs> with your first charge so <laughs> you're right you're right but uh but yeah who knows what'll happen i'm i'm holding out for the fact that we'll get to the end of, of my time at the school and um virginia annual conference will be like so before you leave how would you feel about uh a church at richmond you yeah. know and and then i could be like I would be hard for me to say no to a church in Richmond because Beth would fucking love to move to Richmond, you know? Yeah. And so like, I'm, I'm keeping, we'll see what they do. We'll see how badly they want to poach me or if they're just going to be like, thank you for serving while you're here. Please go back to Pennsylvania. Um, <laughs> uh, and then we'll go from there. Cause then that'll be totally wild because they don't want yeah. me to go back to Pennsylvania either. Cause I, I'll be the uh, unleash me back on Pennsylvania. <laughs> you know with a phd while all my friends have left you know that'd be the other thing like like nick's gone you know like like all right well this just this just means i'm just gonna cause trouble you know the whole time (laughs) virginia i can be a good boy because i don't know any of these people right (laughs) wild So what's on your mind, sir? What do you want to What do you want to chat about today? We I know listeners, we got a couple. We got a couple of episodes in the can. I'm finally going to be able to start editing and releasing some of them today. So you'll, so we're recording this on Sunday. You'll see, you you'll be listening to probably not this one, but one that's in the can on Monday. Uh, we've got a backstreet hookah chats that's in the can that we haven't released yet. Uh, we've got a backstreet hookah chats idea that we still haven't recorded yet. All right with covers did you listen to that ben folds cover yes yes <laughs> gets in your head brother i love it very 
Very cool. <laughs> um, but what's on your mind, sir? What do you do? You have a topic you want to chat about briefly, or are we just? Well, do you want to do? Do you want to do the? Uh, do you want to do the backstreet hookah chats thing, or do you want to do something more topical, or? Let's do, a, let's do a topic as I, I did listen to the one you sent me, but I, I'll need to re-listen yeah. to, to kind of have it be more fresh before we record. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we can we we probably should take a little time with that because we wanna we wanna come into that one like prepared with mm-hmm. all the the there's so much material to cover in it. So right. No pun intended. But <laughs> <laughs> so we should probably do something a little more topical. Do you wanna talk about uh like geopolitics or do you want to talk about religion or do you want to talk about what do you want to talk about well in terms of geopolitics ukraine business is still going on that's that's fun um i said i just saw today um i don't know if this is what we really want to talk about but i just saw today another reason why i could strangle like journalists and the way some journalists you know are they uh-huh. there was this article on uh, I think the New York Times, so it was like a legit thing. It wasn't like some weird Breitbart shit. It was like like a real article, and the the headline was um, as Biden's rivalry with Putin reaches record tension. And I'm like, yeah. Biden's rivalry with Putin? is that what we're calling this? <laughs> like, like no, you mean. What? What? <laughs> Biden's <laughs> rivalry with Putin? What are you saying? No, there's they're not rivals. Like you mean the president of a liberal democracy is like, hey, stop being you know weird fascist. Stop, stop murdering innocent people for your own personal yeah. political gain. Yeah. Oh <laughs> man, Biden and Putin are feuding. No, no, they're not. They're not feuding. <laughs> Actually. I was reflecting on this the other day because um, when I go to when I go to work in the morning, I usually listen to like NPR or something. It's like the only thing I can pick up in the in the hills and valleys where I'm at. But um, I, they were they were talking about what if like Trump had been what if Trump had been reelected? Uh, would we even have a, UK, a Ukraine crisis? Would would Putin have like invaded Ukraine? And I'm like. Well, I, I don't know the answer to that question. Probably not because Putin could probably had Trump invade Ukraine <laughs> the way he had him around around his finger. But um, I was reflecting on well, if 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 Trump was still in office and Putin did invade Ukraine, we'd be in a world of shit right now because uh, Trump had no idea what he was doing. Is it? is the executive of of our nation like he he didn't have a clue about diplomacy he didn't have a clue about like foreign policy or anything like that and we would be sorely sorely hurt and probably involved in a major conflict if like somebody wasn't there we're we're fortunate that we have a career statesman a career politician like joe biden who's been involved in this he was i mean the vice president he was the uh, senator for all those years he was on the foreign relations committees he's he's got a lot of diplomatic chops right a lot of this is a guy that knows what he's doing and we're lucky that he is in the position that he's in at this time 
because it could go it could go sideways really quick without somebody that knows how to pull together coalitions and build build relationships diplomatically like it's we're we're lucky that we have Joe Biden in this in the driver's seat right now um and it and it makes me makes me think back to people like i i keep seeing these political ads every morning when i wake up about people running for governor or people running for senate in pennsylvania and they're always like well i'm not a career politician and i keep thinking look right now we need career politicians like we need people that know how to do politics we don't need somebody bloviating about like gun control or you know reproductive rights that don't really have anything to do with running the country i'm not saying those issues aren't important what i'm saying is like that's not the president's job to to do that like that's that's not his job that's not the governor's job to do that we have a guy running for governorship in pennsylvania right now who keeps talking about like how he's going to crack down on the liberal left and he's anti-woke like that's on that's his that's his thing he's like i'm anti-woke i'm anti-joe biden i'm for the second amendment like nobody's nobody's not for the second amendment you know they just frame it this way right but these guys that don't know what they're talking about that don't understand the nuances of leadership and running a government that are only doing it to enhance their own profiles and to gain some sort of advantage in their because they're all businessmen you know none of them are none of them are like you know plumbers like they're all business executives that are doing dr oz is one of them for christ's sake yeah, like, yeah, fucking break. like all they all they all they do is like enhance their own brand that's that's the whole point you know our government has become a freaking reality tv show and it's really unfortunate so but like we i don't want to see somebody that doesn't know what they're doing especially in a time like now with the ukraine situation going on we need career politicians. We need people that are trained, that are knowledgeable, that are skilled. And we don't need people that are, you know, trying to score personal political points. And it's not a popularity contest. So that's what I was reflecting on when driving to work, listening to that bullshit. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> no, I think, I mean, so for me, um, I, I understand why, why why folks get frustrated with the notion of a career politician. I, I, I really do, sort of. Um, it's not even that I sort of get it. Like, I do get it. But uh, I, I think the alternative is uh, not acceptable. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. The alternative. What is the alternative? Well, the alternative is somebody runs everything who, who really has no business running anything. Right. And, um, and we're okay and and the people who voted that person in are okay with it largely because they don't see politics as something that impacts their lives when it absolutely does you know and when politics impacts all of our lives um some people it might impact more than others like money shields people from having politics impact their lives at every level you know and and but but at the end of the day politics impacts all of our lives um it's one of the reasons. Well, think, yeah, go for it. I think people. I think people have a misconception of what "quote unquote" politics is, and it's mm. partially 
the responsibility of the of the people that we have that we have elected it's partially the responsibility of the lauren boberts and the and the um ted cruises of the world that people have this mistaken opinion of what a politician really is because these people aren't politicians they're 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 you know clowns <laughs> right yeah. and, and so and and you know i would say that people on the right would also view people that have similar there, there's not really a similar person to like ted cruz on the left i guess i guess you could i guess they could vilify like aoc or somebody in that in that vein but they don't right. they don't act in any way the same right, right. And in fact most of the animus and most of the the venom that's and the vitriol that's that's put towards people like AOC is pointed by people like Ted Cruz, right? So um, the the conception of what a politician is is misunderstood by the general public. A politician is somebody who's supposed to be able to assess, evaluate, plan, and coordinate government functions. Right. That's what a politician is supposed to do. And they're supposed to do it on behalf of their constituency, not on behalf of a company or a lobbyist or, you know, their own personal agenda. Like that's that's not what a politician is. So when people say, well, I don't want to see a career politician, career politicians like Lindsey Graham actually have some skills in some of the things that I was talking about, but they have been sort of usurped into this into this tv sh reality show of government right the the Mitt, Mitt romneys of the world these guys are career politicians that actually have a lot of political skills in terms of there, there's more to being a politician than just getting elected is what i'm saying mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a lot of our focus now goes towards people that are just focused on getting reelected or elected in the first place. And they, and, they, and they forget about all the other skills and all the other responsibilities that career politicians have to have. And um, there are bad politicians, there's no question about it. And there are bad career politicians, but it's our responsibility as a society to fire the bad ones and, and hire good ones. That doesn't mean that you don't wanna have a career politician, you just wanna have a good career politician, right? Right, right. <laughs> Rather than some jackass off the street who has, you know, his own talk show that right. thinks that, you know, he can do things better because he wants to inflate his own his own thing. Now, some talk show or some some people might be good at that. I would vote for Jon Stewart, probably, you know, mm -hmm. lots of people voted for, you know, Volodymyr Zelensky. <laughs> who was a comedian, he's a comedian and he's doing a pretty good job given his situation so that doesn't sure. automatically disqualify you from being able to be a decent politician but you know it, it shouldn't it, it's not it, it's a causality sort of dynamic you know it's yeah. a false false causality oh he's a good comedian so he'll be a good politician it's like saying you know well i drank uh a, i drank an iced tea today and it snowed so therefore when i drink iced tea it causes it to snow. No, no, no <laughs> right? No, that's they, not correct. They, they can they can work together, but they're not necessarily one of the same. So. I I agree. It's the same thing when when folks talk about getting money out of politics and what they mean. 
yeah. is we got to stop paying politicians. And I'm like, oh, no, man, it's the opposite. Yeah. You don't get it. Yeah. Like getting money out of politics means that we get donations out of politics from like mm-hmm. major companies. Like, like we absolutely want to pay politicians. You know, I, this is, this is something that I've said a bunch of times, you know, on various places, like yeah. when you pay politicians, they're beholden to, to the people who pay them. And if you don't pay politicians, all what that means is that people who can afford they'll be beholden to, to the people who pay them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, well, like it just means that the people who become politicians are people who, you know, are rich. Like you don't need yeah. they don't need to get paid by by the people that they work for. You know, right. and that's bad. That's not a good thing. That doesn't save us money. Like I know, I know in your in our brains sometimes we attribute that. Like when Trump, I still hear this. Like. Well, President Trump gave away his salary. Guys, I know that you think that that's like some virtuous thing, but it's a bad thing. Like, like Trump, Trump still made money hand over fist. And yeah, Trump gave away his his presidential stipend. But then he went golfing like 180 times at his own resorts, which brings a huge amount of security forces and, you know, diplomats and everything to his businesses, which build the government and go directly into his pocket <laughs> exactly exactly you it's know what i would prefer grip. i would prefer a president who doesn't own golf courses then <laughs> then we don't have to worry yeah. about that you know <laughs> that it can be it's fine if the president wants to go golfing that's fine i don't care if the president wants to go golfing i have a problem with the president going golfing at his resort Right, you know, and and then the Secret Service will have to, you know, have to give him like that's the problem. Yeah. But you know, like have him go golfing. Good fuck, I don't give a shit. You know, <laughs> that doesn't bother me. I'd frankly feel a little better if I saw a a, a video of of Biden like getting a massage. That's yeah. probably good. You know, Biden. You, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'd like you to be more relaxed so that yeah. you don't like kill everybody. God. Yeah, he got in trouble for like riding his bike or something like that he was he was riding his, he's a bicyclist right so he was riding his bike and people were like shouldn't you be focusing on ukraine it's like whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> went for a bike ride give him a break yeah, he's been busy break. like <laughs> he hasn't been golfing for like the last three months you know? that's probably good i <laughs> you know i don't like biden all that much but i i still don't understand like the 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 biden hate you know in yeah. that way like like, oh, oh, Joe Biden, you just called. Uh, remember months ago when he called that Fox News reporter a dumb son of a bitch? Yeah. And and everybody's like, oh, Joe, there hasn't been a single uh, president in the history of presidents who's ever been as rude as Joseph Biden. And I'm like, were you in are a fucking you- coma for the last five years? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, what are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> he should have called that guy a dumb son of a bitch. I'm glad he did. Like, <laughs> You think inflation is going to be bad for my campaign? No, man, it's going to be fucking great. You dumb son of a bitch. I'm like, yeah, Biden. That's right. Tucker Carlson's like, why would a person ever be so rude? And I'm like, Tucker Carlson said that? The guy who who strongly suggests that the Sandy Hook victims were paid actors? Right. <laughs> fucking right. idiot. Yep. Him and Alex Jones, right? Hand in hand. Him and Alex Jones. For your forces of... Uh, forces of information oh yeah i keep seeing the uh the little stickers on the gas pumps around here yeah joe biden pointing at the 
at the uh, price on the pump and it says I did that. And I, I keep like scraping them off because they really bug me because number one, it's kind of disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Not that, you know, having a sign in your front yard that says fuck Joe Biden isn't is respectful, but like that's your yard. Like do that in your yard. Right, Don't right. put it on a business's fucking gas pump. That's that's disrespectful. Number yeah. one. Number two, it's completely false. It, it's right. completely misleading. <laughs> like it doesn't have any, like Joe Biden doesn't have. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden has zero fucking influence whatsoever on gas prices. He doesn't have anything to do with it. OK, like if you want to find out who the villain is with gas prices, it is the shareholders of the oil companies. The oil companies aren't even really responsible for their oil prices. They are responsible for answering to what their shareholders want. Their shareholders are receiving record profits right now and have instructed oil companies not to drill more oil and provide more oil for anyone because they want to keep the prices high so that they can keep getting money on their returns. So Wall Street, that's where you look if you want to bitch about, if you want to stick a sticker on the pump that has a finger pointing, says, I did that, you need to put that little uh, Merrill Lynch bull in it okay put the monopoly guy in there yeah Yeah. so if you're gonna deface public property or deface private property that's used by the public by a private company at least be truthful about it (laughs) at least least put something accurate on there (laughs) at least get it right you're you're totally right you're totally right (laughs) you can't you know the what's the big trick right the big trick is is that somehow rich folks uh are are our friends i mean i'm not saying rich rich individual rich folks are probably fine i have no problem with with individual people that's not that's not the issue you know the issue is is the the rotten system that allows a couple of people to make millions and millions of dollars by lying you know know, i think (laughs) i think a lot of it has to do with like how you get rich too like i think that has a I think that has a huge impact on like it takes a certain person to be able to um, leverage money against someone's mortgage, hoping that they fail to increase their own profit. It takes it takes a certain kind of person that like I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. It's a very profitable business, but like that's not the way I'd want to make money. Right. Like, I think that's there's a moral ambiguity and there's a a certain separation from responsibility when you're just like trading stocks and you get rich that way. When you're a hedge fund manager, I think it takes a certain type of person and not necessarily a good person. I'm not disparaging all hedge fund managers. I'm sure some of them are okay. Probably. They're probably fine. Eh, Probably not. But anyway, the point is (laughs) like when you, when you get, I'm, I'm willing to entertain the possibility that one of them is not a complete shit bag. Right. I'm, I haven't seen evidence of that personally, but <laughs> I'm willing to entertain the possibility that, that one exists. But um, when you see somebody like a professional athlete, right, that uh, they. Um, what's his name? Uh, quarterback for the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron right? Rogers, right? Just yeah. got uh, like two hundred million dollar contract over like five years, which is a buttload of money to you and me it's nothing to like merrill lynch 
But like right. to you and me, that's a shitload of money. And to uh, to most people, they think, wow, that guy's fucking rich. He's he's rich, but he's not on the rich level that we're talking about, like mega yachts floating around in Milan. You know, <laughs> that's right. that's mega rich. And that takes a certain kind of psycho to get there. I have no problem with somebody who's able to earn their profits and earn their money based on their ass. Over five years, good for you. Good for you, man. Like, take it, take it all. And great, because you're an amazing quarterback, and millions of people enjoy your work and watch what you do, and you're worth that money because people buy the tickets, people watch the games. You know, you sell the Cheetos, you sell the Doritos, you, you know, you get it, get your money. That's fine because you're not hurting anybody else in the process, right? All of this is voluntary. Like, I don't have to watch the NFL. I don't have to buy a ticket to see the Green Bay Packers play. I don't have to buy Cheetos. But so this is all voluntary on my part, and he's reaping the rewards for that. Great. Good for you. If you're a guy like Tom Cruise and you're making all these movies and you're getting paid all this money to entertain people that can voluntarily go and watch it, great. Good for you. If you're a guy like Elon Musk who's going to, you know, use PayPal that we all use PayPal or whatever, whatever it was that he, however got rich. And now, now he's using, uh, he's using his money to do, you know, SpaceX and he's got Starlink going and he's got all these projects going, but they're all service providers, right? They're all things that you can choose to buy into They're things that you have me as a, you know, rural hick in Pennsylvania, I can choose to, I can choose to participate in his business. I can choose not to, right? So this, this, this kind of rich, this kind of money, I'm fine with. Like you've done something to earn it. Sitting on your ass and waiting for other people to fail or sitting on your ass and demanding that the company that you own stock in not produce things so that you create this false scarcity and it makes the, you know, costs of the goods and services go up for everybody just so that my uh investment return is bigger that's a different kind of of level of success and that's how most rich people get rich which which is why most rich people are shitbags <laughs> yeah yeah they so. i think that's true you know like like i have no problem with people making good money or making more money than other people that's that's not my, that's not my issue. My issue is when people make their money um, on the suffering of other people. Right. You know, that's really the problem, right? Like, like you can be a millionaire, but by the time you're starting to get into the billionaires world, that, that's, that's when we got to start admitting the fact that you're robbing people to get into right. this amount of money. Like, right. like there's a certain amount of, there's a certain amount of highway not robbery. Not necessarily robbing, but you're definitely exploiting people. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, know, like like there's a sense in which, you know, we see this we see this with the whole um, um, minimum wage increase, you know, thing that people are trying to get through, or 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 just just the simple fact of, um, you know, over the last couple of months, folks not wanting to go back to work unless there's good pay increase or or whatever, like stuff like that comes about. Um, Obviously, when people aren't being paid well enough, but like it's nine out of ten times incredibly doable to have people get paid more money. Right. The the only thing that's being sacrificed is a couple million dollars off of a person who already has a billion dollars. 
Right. And and so it's like it's really okay. Like it's fine. People, right. For example, um, so I'm a part of the student uh, graduate workers union at UVA. Um, and we're negotiating, we're trying to negotiate an increase in our stipends because currently right now, based on the math, based on the stipend that we're, we're getting and the the amount of like work that we're asked to do to earn our stipend, it comes to about two and a half dollars an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so, everybody's like, listen, Legalized we understand that we're, we're getting a full ride. Like, we appreciate that. Like, that's all fine. But like, it's still it's still two and a half dollars an hour for <laughs> yes. our labor. Uh, I don't know about this. And so we're negotiating this pay increase. Well, uh, last week, the graduate workers at Brown, Brown University, successfully negotiated a pay increase for every graduate student, like at Brown, like across the board, whether in chemistry or or humanities. Um, So I'm getting paid $24,000 a year. That's my stipend at UVA. They just successfully negotiated a forty-two and a half thousand dollar a year stipend. Yeah, that's pretty Brown. sweet. <laughs> I couldn't. I read that. I was like, "Holy fuck!" You know? <laughs> I'm like, "Holy shit!" And and I was telling this to like one of my my friends and my coworker who does like ethics, like religious ethics. She was she was like, "They got forty-two thousand dollars." I was like, "Yeah," and she's like, "Well, I'm gonna." break into president jim ryan's office and demand the brown deal i'm gonna yeah. put a knife to his skull be like right. i want the brown deal you're gonna give me the brown deal like, well like, brown's a private crazy. school is it not it is a private school yeah so that's a little different than uh, like uva yeah. or penn state or something like that they're they're state schools so it's a little it is a little different. a little different but the point is i would wager the the private uh the shareholders or whatever whoever it is that receives reaps the benefits and rewards from Brown is not going to take a pay cut for all those guys. So where's that extra money for those students going to come in? It's going to come in from elevated tuition costs, most likely. It's very possible. Right. So those same people that are running around blaming Joe Biden for inflation might want to look at the fact that the people that are receiving the profits from Brown we're losing profits and they're the ones that are causing the inflation <laughs> right exactly. they're the ones that are are the reason that the tuition is going up you know that's not joe biden that's not mm-hmm. joe biden's inflation that's the shareholders at brown right just right. like just like joe biden didn't cause high gas prices this is the problem that I have with our kind of our our weak-willed and simple-minded society, right? We're very quick to point a finger and we're never very quick to actually understand what it is we're pointing a finger at. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, I mean the trick is remember, I don't think anybody should get a pay cut. Right. The the problem is profits. Right. That's what I mean like, by like pay cut. Yeah, exactly. No, I know what you mean. Like like, you know, li- libertarians will tell you that taxation is theft, and and I go, I understand why you're saying that, but but profit is theft because all it profit is is just money your labor produces that you're not entitled to, 
and and that's mm-hmm. fine like i'm not i'm not here to tell say all profits need to go away what i'm saying is is if part of the reason why your profit is so high is not really because the product you're putting out is is really really good but is actually because you're not actually paying people well enough to work for you <laughs> then right. now we're talking about two different things completely you know like right. like come and talk to me if your employees are paid very well and your profit is still very high then we're yeah. probably talking about a decent company, you know, that, right. that like knows what So what would you say about a company like Google, which by per staff has like one of the highest rates of pay of yeah. all tech companies? Google has a fuck ton of money, but I haven't heard any Google employees complaining about their paychecks. They get paid pretty well. This is the this is the thing that Amazon's been doing lately where they you might have seen the ads on TV. We pay a minimum $15 an hour at Amazon. They're trying to get this, this, uh, like Jeff Bezos knows that he's rich as fuck and everybody knows he's rich as fuck. So he wants to tell everyone in order to increase his business opinion and portfolio to, to make sure that everyone knows that, oh, Amazon's really good to their employees. I hear Amazon employees bitching all the time about getting fucked over. Right. But I never hear anybody from Google bitching. So like, sure. is, is Google a good company then? Like, how do we, how do we rate that? Like, how do we, how do we equate that? Sure. I don't know. I mean, so I, I don't know. There's of course other ways to rate if a company is like a moral or a good company. I know that in general, the tech companies, uh, a lot of the stuff that I read, like a lot of like people who are way more in the know than I am, like are recommending that the government spend more time regulating these giant tech companies, you know, in the yeah. same, in a similar way that they did with like um, big steel or railroads mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Um, particularly when they look at something like Amazon, whose, whose ability to essentially one day, everything, everything that we have, will have an Amazon logo on it, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, but, but I, I know one thing, like, the good place to start is to just make sure that everybody in your company is paid really, really well, regardless of what they're doing. Um, well, I think a lot of that has to do with the the level of skill required to work at your company. Like you can't just, true. you can't hire just some bum off the street to work no, at can. Google and, 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 you know, program, <coughs> excuse me, program software, because like the people that are working for them are, highly skilled, highly trained, highly educated individuals who demand a certain amount of, of, of income. And mm-hmm. if they don't get it from Google, they have options to go to another company somewhere else. And, and like, there's a competitive market for it. It's not the same as somebody stuffing boxes for Amazon. that doesn't have to necessarily have any education or unique skills. They're just kind of like manual labor. Like it's the mm-hmm. old the, the the Amazon packing plant is the is the modern equivalent of the ditch digger. You know, like your mom always said, what do you want to do? Dig ditches for a living? You know, you got to go to school. You got to get that. Are you going to end up digging ditches? Well, now you're going to end up packing boxes for Amazon or packing boxes for Walmart or whatever. So, like, I think a company like Google has a lot more. Uh, they're a lot more. They're, they're, they're lucky that they have the workforce that can foster a good reputation for them Hmm. because they have skilled employees whereas a company like walmart or amazon that has less skilled employees people don't um recognize them as 
as mattering as much, I guess, in the, yeah, in the executive true. world and the corporate world, because you can be replaced like that. You know, right, right. If, 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 if you're, if you're packing boxes for Amazon, you want more than $15 an hour, they can tell you to take a hike and the next person will come in and be able to do the job the same day and you're replaceable, right? Whereas, you know, somebody writing code for Google isn't as replaceable. So like that's, that, that's a difficult thing to, to, to balance as well, because I don't think it's necessarily fair to vilify companies for wanting to maximize their profits. That's why they're companies. That's, that's what they do. You know, that's their job. But yeah. I also think that there, there's way too much um, fealty paid to, to investors and not enough paid to the people that actually produce and contribute to your business. It's, 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 it's insulting for me to look at a company that values the opinion of an investor over the opinion of a person that's doing the work. Right. right, it, it, right. Now we have a, a company in central Pennsylvania that's kind of expanding all over the place, but it started in Altoona called Cheats, right? Cheats is pretty well known for taking pretty good care of their workers. Like, because the Sheets family built it from nothing, right? They're only second or third generation in now. They haven't gotten to the point where they can like forget where they came from, right? Um, but they they put more effort and more more attention on making sure that their line people, the people that are showing up every day and doing their jobs, are being paid and respected and cared for and treated well. And that makes their business strong, right? Yeah. And it makes it expand and it makes it like they don't have to make, they can go make and, you know, cry poor here, but like, oh, I only made $5 million personally last year. They could have made 50 million. They could have done the Walmart thing and just took all the money and kept it. But, you know, 5 million is pretty good. Good. That's enough. Like let's spread it around, you know? And if we had more companies that were willing to do that, we wouldn't have to worry about companies moving to China. We wouldn't have to worry about, we wouldn't have to worry about like competing internationally with like I, iPhones wouldn't have to be made in Indonesia. You know, if you would just not take such huge corporate profits for yourselves and distribute it amongst the people and just not, not just not any people I'm talking about the people in your company, if you would just use it towards taking care of the people that are taking care of you we wouldn't need to worry about moving things to China. So like whenever they say Joe Biden's sending jobs to China, he's not doing that either. <laughs> Actually. And, and like what this, I think this goes directly with what you're saying, actually a way for the U S government to help make sure that doesn't happen is simply to, to be a good sustained check against right. corporate greed. Like, like that's, I think what's so kind of funny about all of this, you know, not to bring up Niebuhr, we're apparently the Niebuhr podcast, but Niebuhr talks like that all the time. Niebuhr's like, yeah. you, you say, and you said this, you said it well, Niebuhr agrees with you. You're like, we, we can't expect a company to not try to maximize their profits. Of course they will. So we make sure that we apply power to them and we right. say, of course you're going to try to do this, but here's the law. And the law right. says that these, uh, that, that this amount of money must be paid. 
that that if you're going to have X number of employees, they have to be taken care of in this way or whatever, however we would do it, however we yeah. would put a check on, on corporate greed. Right. And, and why do we put a check on corporate greed? Well, it's not what the, it's not what the, uh, the, the guys who are making $60 million in profits a year say is the answer. It's not because we hate freedom in this country. It's, <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually because we love freedom in this country. And, and the, the capitalist who makes $100 million and their employee that, that like, you know, mops the floor should be free. You right. know, <laughs> that's the both thing. Like free. both right. should be free. Yeah. And and the way in which we can free people well is so that they are not um so that their balls aren't in a vice. Right. You know, like right. that's the answer. Like I'm not saying that the dude who mops the floor should be paid the same amount as the guy who codes for Google. That's not what I'm nope. saying. Nobody's I'm, saying that. Nobody's saying that. I'm saying that the dude who mops the floor should feel free. You know, right. because he should be free. He should right. he should be like, I am using my labor to feed myself, the people who depend on me. Um, and and that gives me dignity. It allows me to participate in my society well, and it allows me to participate in my economy. That should be what happens. Right. And if he doesn't want to buy floors, he doesn't have to. And you know what? The 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 people well nobody's listening to this doesn't agree with us but <laughs> let's say that there were like the 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 immediate uh, rebuttal is going to be well that you're talking about socialism you know you're talking about redistribution of wealth you're talking about blah 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 blah, blah. and I would say to those people well think about it this way in terms of our national security which is a pretty big deal for people on the right wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have to worry about being provided for by China or be provided for by Russia or the Middle East. Wouldn't it be nice if we could be self-sustaining and, and what, what I'm talking about would do that. And like we have the money to do that. Like the companies that are making all these billions in profits have the money to make us not reliant on whether Vladimir Putin is selling natural gas to us or not reliant on whether the Shah of Iran is having a conflict with, you know, the Saudi prince who's a bastard. Like, like, and one of the things that they, they tout is, you know, American exceptionalism and American independence. We don't have that because of corporations. We don't have that because of our interdependency and our reliance on foreign trade and foreign investment for you know, corporate profits. If we didn't, if we didn't have to buy oil from the Middle East, there wouldn't be any conflicts in the Middle East. Part of the reason why like Al Qaeda is attacking the United States or was attacking the United States is because they're pissed off about American interference in their area. Okay. Now, while I don't necessarily agree with their tactics and I certainly don't agree with their politics, uh, I kind of understand why they'd be upset if we keep coming over to their land and telling them how to do things because we want to ex ex extort them basically by getting their, I mean, they're, they're American companies that are <laughs> in Saudi Arabia. It's, it's not like just the Saudis, like it's an American company that's drilling. Right? right. So like, that's what they're mad about. If we didn't have that, if we were just to be self-sustaining, 
and we weren't dependent on Middle East oil, there wouldn't be any conflicts in the Middle East. At least there wouldn't be any conflicts between the Middle East and the United States. Like they would have their own internal conflicts because they've been doing that for thousands of years. But like, like there wouldn't there wouldn't be this American interference in everything. And we could just we could regulate things somewhat like we are doing with Ukraine. We don't have any we don't have any really strategic interest in, in Ukraine other than other than they're they're bordering, you know, the so the ex-Soviet Union, Russia. But like we don't have any if we did, we'd be over there. Like we if we had yeah, some kind of problem. if we kind of interest in there, then we wouldn't they wouldn't have they would have left them into NATO a long time ago. The point is, you know, we don't have any interest in Ukraine other than an, a, a sort of altruistic interest in you're murdering, you're murdering innocent people. You're invading a sovereign territory. You're, you know, the parallels can be drawn with the United States and, and American imperialism. It's been done before, but we typically don't move into a place and keep it. Like <laughs> even whenever we blew the shit out of Iraq, like we left. You know, we might have gone on there for false pretenses and under, you know, with false information. But that was done for economics, by the way. You know, that was done so that, you know, the military industrial complex could continue to make the tanks. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm not saying that we're our hands are clean in this in terms of, of, of American society. But like uh, we don't typically carpet bomb hospitals and schools. And don't typically move into a territory and claim it and keep it like not anymore. We sure did back in the day, but we're not talking about back in the day. We're talking about now. Right. So, you know, if we were to if we were to just from a top down perspective, take a company and say, all right, you're you're if you make X amount of dollars, everybody else has to be paid at least this percentage of it. OK, so let's say your bottom line. I'm just throwing out numbers here, but let's say your bottom line mop mop pushers have to make 10% of the total corporate profit, right? Mm -hmm. Then that will allow us to be less dependent. We would be able to make our own iPhones. We could be able to drill our own oil. We could be able to probably come up with some other ideas that aren't oil related, probably. you know, and, and we'll, we'll be able to not be dependent on these other countries which will then lower the possibility of conflict, right? We won't have to have wars because we don't, we don't have any reason to be over there fighting to begin with. Right, right. So the whole thing's tied together. Mm -hmm. So when you look at, and this is why these stickers piss me off because they don't take into consideration any of this stuff, right? If you really don't want to, if you really don't want to be involved in a war, then stop giving them the the ammunition to shoot you with. <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah, I I just want to highlight as we wrap this up. You know, the the interconnectedness is exactly right. Like yeah. none of these issues are single singular issues that sort of stand on their own. Inflation is directly tied to corporate greed. It's directly tied to um, the, the way in which we conduct ourselves in the Middle East, it's directly tied to the way in which, um, to, to, to the, the fact that wage increases haven't matched with housing, you know, increases like, like, like all of that is connected. And, um, uh, the more we see it as connected and the more we see that, oh, actually in order to treat these problems, we have to treat all of these problems together. 
um, the better we will be. I don't know when uh, a, a politician with any clout will start talking like that. Well, I don't think they will because it's just too hard to keep someone's attention yeah. for that long and to, to fully explain all the nuance. So it's a lot easier to get somebody to vote for you over a social justice issue or over some, it's just, it's just easy. It's just lazy. It's easier. And people take the path of least resistance and, and politicians aren't, aren't immune from that. That's human nature. But until we start real, I mean, I just get pissed off whenever people start bitching and then whenever I start to counter them and say, well, why don't we think about it in turn, they get angry or they, they shut down the conversation and they stop. And it's like, then shut up. Like if you're, like if you're not that. willing to, if you're not willing to have the conversation, if you're not willing to really examine the problem, if you don't want to really fix anything, shut up. I don't want to hear about your problems. If you're not interested in fixing. It. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I agree. Well, this is a good time to close it out. It is, because I think my computer is going to fail pretty soon. <laughs> I understand. All right. Hey, friends, thanks for listening. It's been an episode of Hookah Chats with Matt and Ethan. We'll see you next time.